You are listening to Words of Jen, where I read to you one piece of my writing in each and every episode. This is Jen, and you are listening to Words of Jen, the 1997 series in which I read to you a piece of a handwritten journal I was required to write as part of my student teaching experience back in 1997, as you may have guessed. These episodes are being produced and released during NAPOD POMO 2021, in which podcasters create, produce, and release an episode of a podcast every day during the month of November. This episode is called Dr. You Visits and is episode number 86. Thursday, September 30th, 1997. Start of week number six. And I drew a little like shocked face with a exclamation point next to it because this was handwritten and you can't stick an emoji into a handwritten thing. And in 1987, I don't think we knew what emojis were for the most part. The time is going by very fast because I am enjoying this and learning so much. However, I do feel that I am getting a lot of things done. What got accomplished today? Parentheses. Reflection. 1. Got reviewed by Dr. Yu. He came in to see the second part of the papermaking lesson with one of the second grade classes. I got a great review, included in Binder. It was reassuring to have him come in and to have him tell me I was doing a good job. It was also nice to hear from Mr. D that Dr. Yu was pleased with my lesson plans and that he and Mr. D and me felt that Mr. D and I work well together. At the start of student teaching, I was told by my professors at my university that the professor you have connected with who would be the one who evaluates you as to how good or bad you're doing in your student teaching would visit sometime within the first two weeks of the student teaching assignments. And we all started at the same time. This was week six. He got there. And the result worked out. He was pretty happy with what I was doing, so that was good. And that was a huge relief at the time because I knew that Dr. Yu and I got along pretty well. And I knew that uh, Mr. D and I got along very well, so I knew things couldn't possibly be dire as a result of being reviewed, but it was really nice to have that good review anyway. Two. Graded the second grader's work, L school. 3. Had something odd happen with one of the sixth grade classes at L school. One of the girls, who happened to be Caucasian, asked me if I was El Diablo. The kids who spoke Spanish were telling me to say no. I got the feeling that this girl had been saying this to people all day to get a reaction. I told the Spanish speakers who were trying to help me that I knew what she was saying, and then I told, told the girl, Yo no es el diablo. Yo, yo hablo español, and I know what you're saying. She turned red. The Spanish speakers cracked up, and she didn't ask anyone else if they were el diablo. I told Mr. D about it, and he said I handled it properly. We both felt she needed to learn that just because a person looks a certain way, 
does not mean you know what language they speak. Surprisingly enough, after that, she started working on her totem pole and had a great start by the end of class. I guess she's one of the kids that is slow to start and then hates what she creates. She even liked it. So that was different. Because I spoke some Spanish. I grew up in in an area where uh, there were Spanish speakers and English speakers in the schools. My neighbors were Spanish speakers. Many people I lived nearby spoke Spanish. Some of us spoke English. My family spoke English. And going into school, I picked up bits and pieces of Spanish, and then I took about, uh, I think, a year and a half of Spanish classes in high school because I wanted to learn how to read it. I hadn't seen it in print yet, and so I did that for a little while, picked it up, and just kind of went from there, picking up words and phrases here and there until I became a substitute teacher and had to quickly learn more words, like, you know, classroom-related words for, for that. But at the time, I had just enough Spanish to know what that sixth-grade girl was saying and that it was inappropriate, and so I handled it the best way I could. My best guess is the students in the class who spoke no Spanish at all whatsoever had no idea what I was saying or why the Spanish-speaking students thought it was so funny, but it was a lesson learned, I I assume. I'm going to do the next day as well, because this is not very long. Wednesday, October 1st, 1997. Reflection. Storage is a key concept. There is little space for that. I keep juggling things. So far, it works out if I think ahead. 2. Wet set clay is wonderful. Easy, quick, non-toxic, no kiln required. So what's wet set clay? Wet set clay was made by Crayola, and it was brand new in 1997. Crayola has since discontinued it and when you look on the Crayola website as I did right before recording this you can find a question asking why don't you sell wet set clay anymore? Crayola simply explained that it had been discontinued and offered four other types of things that may work in a similar way to wet set clay. What wet set clay was at the time I was teaching this uh, I was using it for I want to say fourth graders that were adept enough to make things with clay and had more ability to do so just because of their dexterity and that they were older than the five-year-olds in the kindergarten that were using Play-Doh, or maybe it was the first graders, one of those groups. And wet set clay came in a little package, and you open the package, and it was like a... It wasn't tinfoil, but it was like it wasn't like a little carton, I guess, of Play-Doh. It was, you know, in this kind of package because it had to be sealed because it would dry quickly. It was, it wasn't wet as in liquid, it was wet as in malleable, and we were doing a lesson on making any kind of animal they wanted out of this wet set clay with however much they needed. Most of them were handing me back big chunks of clay at the end of the lesson because they didn't need it. And so they were able to, you know, make whatever animal they wanted and put like the legs and the tail and whatever little details might have gone with that animal. And they were forming it on a piece of cardboard and they were writing their names on the cardboard so we knew whose was whose. It went pretty well, but boy was it hard to find storage space for these things because as they sat there, they would dry and then the next part was to have them painted in some way. I don't remember if we got to that or not, but we'll see as the journal continues. And so 
what I was doing in some schools is finding closet space that we had access to, that Mr. D and I had access to, to sort of stick these little projects carefully on there so it would dry and no one would be able to mess with them. Uh, that's what wet set clay is. I don't know specifically why Crayola discontinued it in favor of four other options. Maybe they thought the other four options that I saw on their website today as I record this were better. But it was a really neat way to get kids to build something. You know, kids that weren't fourth graders are not going to be interested in Play-Doh as much as the five-year-olds and the, the six-year-olds were. So this was like a more appropriate level of clay for them and it didn't need a kiln because I don't think any of those schools had one. I knew how to run them as I said earlier in this series I believe but they didn't have it so this was my way around not having a kiln. 3. I have learned that overall sixth grade is synonymous with obnoxious. I, for the most part, do not enjoy teaching that age or fifth grade either, but I can. Good to know. Now, why was there sixth graders in an elementary school? Some of the schools in the Midwest at the time that I was student teaching had the option of keeping the sixth graders in an elementary school or putting the sixth graders in a middle school or junior high, which was roughly the same thing. And the schools I was student teaching in kept their sixth graders in the school until they shifted over as seventh graders in the middle school or junior high or whichever it was, wherever they were. And that's how it went. So you had everyone from, you know, little tiny kindergartners that barely knew what to do at school or what school was for to sixth graders that were, well, quite obnoxious. If you remember being a sixth grader at some point, you're about 12, maybe 13, somewhere in that range, depending on when your birthday was. And this is a group of kids that is starting puberty, has no idea what to do with themselves, is generally uncomfortable and kind of becomes jerks for the most part. So that's that's what the sixth grade was. The fifth grade wasn't as bad, but I didn't enjoy either of those. I think at the time what I wanted to do was teach like kindergarten and first grade and maybe second grade, like the little ones. But if I were to have gotten a student teacher or a, a job as an art teacher, right out of student teaching, I would have ended up possibly teaching sixth grade anyway. So there's that. And I will continue this with another episode next time around.